Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm Jared Ellis of Fansided's Cardiac Kane. And I'm Walker Barrow, and I don't like CenturyLink. <laughs> and we are joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, the voice of PNC Arena, the Carolina Hurricanes, the NC State Ice Pack, the snack himself, Wade Mentor. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> What's going on, Wade? I feel like we're doing like an intro to Game of Thrones. With the amount of things that we have besides Wade's name, I know. <laughs> I, I stay busy. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the North remembers. Yes, and you are listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, That's right. We do have a very packed episode today. Uh, yes. Oh yeah, I will see, do a quick recap of Whalers Night last night. Uh, which mm-hmm. was very fun, especially the tailgate. <laughs> um, we have a bunch of questions for Mentor. You guys really came out and sending stuff in for him. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, it being Monday, we have Metro Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we can get right on into that <laughs> recap. Um, actually, the first question on our list, Mentor, was uh, what were some of your takeaways from uh the game against the kings uh the other night good or bad uh it was good to get the win it's good to see james reimer get a shutout he's uh he's deserved it and Mm -hmm. it's good to see him get rewarded and it's also really good to see the crowd give him as much love as they were giving peter the night before right and you know just kind of looking at the interview i think that uh reimer appreciated that the team played defensively well uh from the goaltender out it was kind of a sloppy game after the first period or so. Kings had a good first period. Mm-hmm. And then really kind of either got a little sloppy or went into a defensive shell. There was a lot of times where they'd get the puck in their own zone and just kind of flip it out to the middle. Kings would get mm-hmm. it, come back in. they take it away, flip it back out to the middle. There wasn't a lot of sustained pressure on Jack Campbell past about the first period or so. So I, I I saw a lot of similarities between that and the Coyotes game. Both of them mm-hmm. are shutouts. So you'd look at them kind of from the outside and be like, this must have been a pretty dominant performance. And in both of them, there was a lot of good, and they were able to lock it down through uh, kind of a sloppy offensive period. So uh, you take the four points where you can get them. You'll take the two shutouts to keep send the fans home happy. And I think uh, <laughs> head coach Rod Brendan Moore has got some things that he'll want to work on. Yeah, I agree. Um, Just being there at the game, um, Nino had his goal uh, in the first, but then after that, everything just kind of died down. I mean, obviously, it was really nice getting a shutout. Everyone loves that. But it was just one. Yeah, just not much happened in that game. Like you Mm -hmm. said, it's kind of either sloppy or just a very defensive game for him. Yeah, I couldn't really tell if it was more of a we're going into a defensive lockdown or if it was more of a we're just not connecting on passes, we're not getting good rushes in. Um, I think L.A. plays a fairly bogged down style where it's tough to get a whole lot going against them. So it's good that the game's got that first Mm -hmm. goal and we're able to jump out to a lead and uh, make L.A. have to press. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get a win where we can get it. Definitely. Especially in regulation, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
what were some of your takeaways, Walker? Or were you able to watch it? I don't remember if you were working. <laughs> so for the Kings game, I was work. Well, actually, I was working for both the Kings game and the Coyotes game. But I mean, the Kings game, I saw some good things. You know, Wade's pretty much already touched on everything that I think yeah. everybody knows about. You know, a lot of people saw Rod's uh, post game chat with the guys in the locker room. Didn't really have some things like Wade said connecting where they needed to connect but it's nice to get a dub nice to get a shutout especially for Reimer and give him mm-hmm. some love uh yeah. so yeah just I guess a decent game kind of reminds me of a soccer match from what I was able to see you know not high scoring and not I guess you wouldn't say a lot going on so yeah but other than that still a good game still a good good win yeah wins a win um Certainly. now that we've kind of Got the recap out of the way now. Um, I guess we can just hop into a really quick mid-roll uh, real quick before we dive into this giant list of questions. How's that sound, uh, everyone? It works for me. All righty. We will be right back. And we are back. Um, now, Mentor, uh, you have now called over 200 NHL games. So first off, Big congratulations on that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Stick taps. Um, yes. Uh, big stick taps. Um, <laughs> what have been some of your personal favorite memories to call over the years? Oh, wow. First career goals for players are always pretty special, especially players who kind of stuck around. Um, sometimes they get them at home. Sometimes they're road goal calls on Twitter, but I do try to get something for everybody's first career goal because that's a big accomplishment for them. Certainly. Uh, a couple years ago, I think one of my favorites was uh, being able to, over the mic at PNC Arena, announce a fat trick uh, when Justin Falk activated all three food promotions that the team had at the time in <laughs> one goal. Uh, that, w- that was something I was just like, I'm going for it, and uh, got, a little, <laughs> got a little bit of fun press on that. Um <laughs> I remember that my you know my first preseason game against Pittsburgh when I was trying out for the job that was uh, kind of surreal being there and down at ice level um you know having Sidney Crosby in the penalty box right beside me and just being like oh this is real this is happening Mm -hmm. wow and and being able to announce the Canes clinching the playoffs uh in oh yeah uh, just you know a really emotional night uh last year where the team battled back from being pretty terrible in the first half of the season to being pretty amazing in the second half of the season and clinching the playoff spot on home ice and being able to go all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and kind of see what that looks like from a PA announcer's perspective with the additional media in town and the additional ceremony. Uh, Being able to go back later and watch the broadcast of the games here in Raleigh and hear Doc Emmerich mentioning my name, like that's all uh, pretty gratifying for a kid from the tobacco fields in Southern Virginia. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I feel you definitely have some really good stories about that stuff. We could be here all day. Yeah. Um, uh, hopping into the next one. Um, which player or players have impressed you most so far this season? And have there been any that have taken you by surprise by how good they've been this year? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, certainly a, a number of players who've been impressive this year. Um, Sebastian Ajo, though he's kind of going through a little bit of a, a drought right now, has been tearing it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Abo Teravainen, I think, 
has always been known as a playmaker, but he's been able to show off just an elite level to his passing game. Uh, oh, yeah. Kashnikov, certainly no, uh, no sophomore slump for him. He's all <laughs> over the place. He's physical. He's uh, passionate. Really fun to watch. Absolutely. As far as surprises, I would say that probably the two biggest surprises for me, uh, number one would be Martin Natchez. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've gotten a chance to see him play in Charlotte for a couple of years. He's been on the cusp of making the team out of training camp for a couple of years <laughs> and sticking around but hasn't done it. Uh, this year, I think he's showing that he belongs at the NHL level. He's exceptionally fast. He's one of the fastest players I see out there when I'm watching the game. And he's got a really good scoring touch. Um, yeah. you know, so I think he's been a, been a pleasant surprise for someone who's <clears throat> cracked the lineup as a full-time player for the first time. And then the second – sorry, we'll turn my throat. <clears throat> and the second one that I've noticed that I would say would be a surprise would be Lucas Walmark. Mm-hmm. And in full disclosure, uh, for the past couple of years, I've always kind of thought of him as a relatively replaceable – borderline NHL player, you know, fourth line at best. Uh, right. But this year, both in the goal scoring department as well as the playmaking department, he's been able to really step it up. Yeah, uh, definitely. a very valuable part of the team. And show off his versatility. He can, he can, he plays a really good defensive game. He goes to the front of the net and scores. Uh, he kills penalties. He can put, Put him on the power play if you want to. He's extremely yeah. versatile and I think can play uh, in a lot more spots in the lineup than I had kind of initially pegged him for. So that's been pleasant to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're both in agreement with that. Uh, mm-hmm. With everyone that's kind of stood out so far this season uh, for us. Definitely totally. uh, and Walmart for sure. Cause they've been great. Yeah. Um, they sure have. Another one. Um, Obviously, the all-star break is right around the corner now. Um, we all know Dougie's going, much deserved. I believe uh, the last name in voting stopped yesterday. Well, yes. we're recording on, on Sunday, but it stopped yesterday, and Tavo sadly did not make it in. Uh, mm-hmm. TJ Oshie from Washington made it. Um, were there any other Canes uh, players you felt were deserving to be on the team or at least on the in the mix uh, for it. This is kind of a rare year where I think you could point at a number of Canes and say they're having all-star level seasons, especially compared to their peers, which is quite a change from a few years ago where you're just like, well, we got to send somebody, so I wonder who it's going to be, and it's probably Justin Falk. Uh, (laughs) Right. But, you know, I think that uh, Tara Vinan certainly should have gotten in based on production. He's leading – you know, leading the division in assists. He's higher than anyone else in the last man in voting in points. And yeah, last man in voting is really a popularity contest. So the people who are on TV all the time are probably going to get the spots. And you know, that's just kind of what it is. But I think Tara Vinan is having an all-star season. Uh, as far as being in the mix, I think that Andrei Svechnikov absolutely should be in the mix uh, for his point production, his goal-scoring ability just kind of being as electrifying as he is. Uh, mm-hmm. Sebastian Ajo, with the stats he's put up, I think is having an all-star season, uh, though probably kind of cooling off here in the last few weeks has you know, kind of hurt his chances. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like, you know, if you're going for a dark horse, 
if he had been able to stay healthy throughout the season, Eric Holla would have been in that uh, conversation as well because yeah, the stuff absolutely. he can do around the net is well positioned for the all-star game. And then you've got kind of just the steady contributors like Jacob Slavin, I think could be an all-star every year just based on his defensive ability. He doesn't get absolutely a ton of press and, you know, doesn't get a ton of stats, but if you're looking for a shutdown defenseman in the NHL, you know, you're not going to find many better than him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah kind of obviously are two different positions, but Slavin and Tara Finan, uh kind of see them both as, Neither of them get a lot of press, but they're always extremely reliable. Tabo's obviously you know, putting up crazy numbers when it comes to assists this year. Uh, but, again, just no press. No one's talking about them outside of here. Yeah. Um, hopping on into the uh, next one. Uh, as we mentioned in the intro, you are also the PA announcer for the NC State University men's ice hockey team, uh, the Ice Pack. Um I was at the Governor's Cup when they took on UNC Chapel Hill a couple months back, and the crowd was insane uh, for that. They filled about half the lower bowl for it, for, I believe, State's Division Two uh, hockey in North Carolina. That's crazy. Uh, what's it been like to see that program grow? Yeah, it's been, <clears throat> excuse me, it's mm-hmm. been uh, been really, really encouraging to see the ice pack. They've, they've always had a strong team. Coach Gazzillo does a good job getting those guys ready. A lot of talent comes into NC State, and so it's a really competitive program. You certainly mm-hmm. know a lot of the guys on the team, and, uh, you know, even for really talented players, there's always a fight to keep your spot uh, year after year because they've got so much additional talent coming into the program. Uh, last year was an amazing year. They went <clears throat> undefeated in league play, made it to nationals, won a game at nationals. That was um, just an incredible run for for the Ice Pack, and it was yeah. good to see them get that sort of recognition. The games at the Ice Plex are always rowdy. Uh, you get a good <laughs> crowd out there, uh, you know, several hundred who come out pretty regularly and watch the Ice Pack. And then the Governors Cup games at PNC are. You know, just continuing to break attendance records every time we have one. Um, the, the, both both of the teams bring their A game. Uh, it was a really competitive game. State jumped out to a really big lead, and then uh, Carolina came roaring back a couple months ago. And if not for an exceptional first period by State, Carolina could have gotten their first win in the Governor's Cup. It was a really good yeah. competitive game. So right. we've got another one of those coming up uh in a week or so, I think round two, it's not going to be branded as the governor's cup, but yeah. mm-hmm. uh, on Monday, the 20th at 7 PM state Carolina will be back for Carolina's home game being played at PNC arena. So hopefully it's another good crowd. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to try to go to that. Uh, if I can get off work in time, because I had a lot of fun uh, at the first one. And it's the yeah. best hockey value in town. Um, it really is. Yeah, for five, $5 <clears throat> you can go see some really high-level hockey up close. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you go to PNC, then, you know, you just make a donation at the door. You can come in and watch. And uh, as you said, the atmosphere, it's different than a Canes game. It's, it's you know, got more of that college feel, which is really cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's just extremely fun. Uh, that's one of the most things I can just say about it. It's just so fun uh, mm-hmm. to go to those. Um, now, anyone who follows you on Twitter kind of knows that you're a bit of a Scotch connoisseur. 
Um, what are some of your personal favorite uh, scotches to drink? We saw that you got a bunch for Christmas. <laughs> I did, yeah, and uh, I got a couple of a couple of my friends. I announced their beer league championship games at PNC, and they gave me scotch. <laughs> so you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I didn't really develop a, a case for scotch until a couple of years ago. I switched up. I was a big beer fan, um, mm-hmm. especially with the local beer scene here in Raleigh. But I switched up my diet. Uh, I went keto, which means I was dropping carbs, which means I was dropping beer. So I needed something to replace that and uh, got into scotch and have really enjoyed it and you know, kind of expanding into bourbons and other whiskeys at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. And hey, no, no carbs in whiskey. So that's a, that's a good thing. Hey, uh, yeah, as far as my sure. favorites go, um, probably my my current favorite is the Glenmorangie Quinta Rubin. So it's uh, the I think the twelve year old that I had been drinking out of stock, and they're going with a fourteen year old now. But that's a really good flavorful whiskey. Mm. I like uh, pretty much everything Balvenie's done. Uh, their Caribbean cask is a really good one. I. You know, and really just enjoying kind of exploring that world and learning a little bit more and, uh, you know, kind of sharing the stuff that I like out there on social media. And, you know, the hashtag Victory Scotch is kind of becoming a thing and people are asking me what I'm drinking. So, oh, yeah. uh, so it's really good. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I know. I read kinda, that. A... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. A little bit, uh, a little bit of a little bit of a spoiler. Um, a, uh, a a local hockey media personality and I are kicking around the idea of having kind of a uh, hockey and scotch meetup at Whiskey Kitchen. So stay tuned to see if uh, that. Ah. Ah. I will be excited for that. I know. I will. I will be too. Um, but I was going to say uh, when I wrote down the scotch question, you had just tweeted out a victory scotch thing. So I'm like, huh. I'm gonna ask you about that. <laughs> Works out perfectly. Um, yeah, I've got a <clears throat> got a few got a few on the shelf right now. So uh, I was getting low at Christmas, but then restocked. We're good. Yeah. Um, now hopping into some fan questions here uh, from our friend the Zingle Bells on Twitter. What got you into being a PA announcer? Oh wow, that's uh, you know the journey is kind of kind of odd. Unlike most of the PA guys in the league, I don't have a background in radio or TV or voice acting. <clears throat> my my day job is in software. I'm, I'm a technologist. I got a computer science degree from William and Mary, and have worked in technology all my career. Right. So not necessarily the most traditional path to being an arena announcer, but growing up in rural Southern Virginia, there wasn't a whole lot to do. My primary hobby during my high school years, <clears throat> excuse me was public speaking was forensics uh not the crime scene investigation but the the public speaking art so i did that for a long yeah. time i uh, did a little bit of pa at william and mary um kind of as a side effect of building the sports information department's first website back in the mid to late 90s got out of uh, college needed a hobby and discovered improv comedy so there's a a group in town called comedy works which was formerly affiliated yeah. with a national organization called comedy sports mm-hmm. and they put on an improv show that is sports themed so there's a, a red team and a blue team and a referee and an announcer and, you, and all of that puts on an improv show and I i've did actually the been to that character. before yeah so i did the announcer character mr voice for for a number of years i've been going on probably 21 years of improv now 
Wow. So I did that for a really long time and, and still do. My oldest daughter is starting to perform with the group now, too, which is pretty cool. Um, about eight years ago, through the connections I have in the improv group, <clears throat> I got involved in doing professional wrestling ring announcing oh, cool. with a group in town <laughs> called Gouge Wrestling. So I've been their ring announcer for, for quite a while. And then in the 2014-15 season, I answered kind of an open call on Twitter and uh, became NC State's PA announcer. They didn't have one, I don't believe, up to that point. Nice. And then I've been playing hockey uh, since about 15 years now. Um, skating, skating out, I learned to play goalie about four years ago, so I've been doing that. So all of that kind of came together when the Canes – uh, had an audition for their PA announcer position. I tried out, and uh, you know, I think I had a really good combination of both knowing the sport from from being someone who's pl- who had played it for a while, someone who knew how to kind of work a game from a PA perspective from doing state for a year, mm-hmm. knew how to work a crowd and kind of keep things entertaining from uh, the professional wrestling experience, and knew how to kind of just read a crowd and. and react to weird things going on and not get thrown from, from all the years of improv. Right. So, you know, and, and I've been a, been a fan of the team since I moved here in 99 and a former season ticket holder. So all that kind of came together with, I think was probably a really good audition. And I think the team agreed because they offered me the job and now I'm in my fifth season, haven't missed a game and uh, just kind of wake up every, every game day, pretty excited that I still get to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, I was about to say, obviously, went well. You're still doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they yeah, keep letting but, me in the building. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, another question from the Zingle Bells: Is there another job in hockey that you could see yourself doing? Uh, because you are the best PA announcer in the NHL. Ah, uh, I, I don't know if that is objectively true, but I appreciate the sentiment. Um, <laughs> That uh, other jobs in hockey. I mean, I think I could probably do some of the NHL off ice. So I, I'm in the penalty box with a lot of the NHL off ice officials, and mm-hmm. they're they're who they're really good guys. Um, I think I could probably end up doing something with that. Uh, you know, I, I think that in a world where <clears throat> technology didn't pay the bills for me working with uh, Shane and Emil and some of the youth hockey efforts that they're doing and Alyssa Delarty who's just joined that group. I think that would be something really fun for me to do. Um, you know, I, I'm not smart enough to work with Eric Tulski or any of the stat guys, but, uh, you know, I think I've got a background in journalism. So perhaps, you know, some, doing some stuff with the social team or uh, right. kind of media relations would be something that, that I could do in, but, you know, I've got a, got a job every game day, and I love it, and uh, that's probably what I'll be doing for, for a while. There we, we hope go. so. Yeah, we hope you stay around forever. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll do some quick-fire questions here uh, because good old overconference times us. Oh, uh, yeah. Gunther asked, what's Justin Williams' line look like when you put him in his first game back, and who do you put him with? Yeah, the question of who comes out has been a tough one because every time I think somebody is kind of playing their way out of the lineup, they step up and have a great game. So Warren Fogles turned it on recently. Brock McGinn's turned it on recently. 
Martinuk's turned it on recently. Nino scored yesterday. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of all the candidates that I thought might come out are kind of making their cases stay in the lineup. Uh, yeah. So I don't know who you take out, but I think a good combination for Justin Williams with where he is might be with uh, Dezingle and Halla because you end up with a, a really speedy guy and you end up with uh, somebody who'll go to the net. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know who you'd, I don't know who you'd have as a center there, but that's a good combo, I think. And he's always had good chemistry with Jordan Stahl. So maybe you put him on, uh, you know, a, a Stahl, Williams, Stachnikov line. So I think you could see mm, that. That'd be good. I'd like that one. Um, I can think both of those. Durham Bell asks, do you have any ideas for storm searches? Oh wow, they're they keep coming up with good stuff. Um <laughs> I I would love to, you know, just kind of selfishly be involved in one at some point. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I I think a a good storm surge might be one of them skates over, grabs the mic and gives them gives the best Kane's win out to the crowd, and I think the people would enjoy that. Oh, <laughs> that would be nice. Oh yeah. That'd be really good. But I think we all would want to be involved in a storm surge. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Stor- Stormy's lucky. Stormy's out there uh, for all of them. So, uh, yeah. On Stormy. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Um, personally, I'd love to see them uh, do karaoke. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't tend to know what's coming unless there's kind of a big uh, kind of video production aspect to what they're doing. Um, so it's always a surprise to me. I have to watch and kind of see what they're doing and try to figure out how to time the Canes win to the right right spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, that's a, another little fun thing I get to do. Well, yeah. you do it pretty well. You do it amazing. Um, uh, we will be right back. We're going to take our final or second yeah. to last mid-roll uh, real quick. So we'll be right back, and then we will go into Metro Monday. And we are back. Um, Now, Metro Monday is where we'll look at the Eastern Conference playoff picture, uh, where the Canes fit into that, Um, and specifically the Metropolitan Division, obviously. Um, But we'll look at the entire Eastern Conference, and sometimes we'll look at the NHL as a whole and see where the Hurricanes fit in. as of right now, not a whole lot has changed as far as the Metro division. Uh, Capitals still sit atop the division uh, with Pittsburgh in second, uh, Islanders in third. Um, Washington currently sits there with 65 points. Um, Pittsburgh has 59. Islanders have closed the gap on Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. And they're just a single point behind them now. So Islanders may be able to retake their uh, number two spot in the division that they have for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, wild cards uh, for the Eastern Conference are still the same. Still us with the first wild card and Philadelphia with the second. Um, but I will say uh, Columbus and Florida are both on Philadelphia's tail. Uh, yeah, they're fighting. A- yeah, we would put a little bit of a gap between us and Philly and close the gap on the Islanders uh, <laughs> over these past couple of games. But still a very tight race, um, that's for sure. Yeah, very close. And, 
Well, that's good news because uh, I saw we had fallen out of the top ten in the league. Uh, switch it over to the league standings. Hurricanes have jumped up to the seventh spot overall in the NHL, mm-hmm. which is very nice to see. Uh, two points behind Tampa, who has the sixth spot. Um, and we're currently tied at 56 points with the Dallas Stars. Uh, we just have slightly better record than them. Um, but, yes, yeah, not a whole lot has changed this week. So it's a no. quick Metro Monday segment. Uh, the yeah. status quo was kind of maintained. Yeah. But then again, if it ain't. I mean, if we're not falling off, you know, that's yeah, yeah, which I mean, we got a we got a pretty tough week coming up this week with Washington and Columbus. So, mm-hmm. yes, I have to keep it on lock and keep moving forward. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought there. Um, one thing I forgot to do in the intro: our watch party uh, live episode on February 29th at. Well traveled beer um, down downtown Goldsboro. Uh, now that we're wrapping up Whalers Weekend, um, we will be moving forward with planning that some more. Um, I was speaking to a certain sports journalist about a potential appearance on the show. So we may have details about that coming soon. Yes. Um, and that would be coming out around the same time as that live episode. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for news on both of those. Uh, do you have anything you would like to add, Mentor, uh, before we head on out of here? Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. The attendance this year has been amazing. The energy in the building has been amazing. And, you know, keep supporting the Canes. Come out, see a game. Uh, you know, watch on TV. John and Trip will, will make you have a good night. And, uh, if you're ever on the concourse and see me walking around, say hi. Always, always. Uh, yes. Yeah, John and Tripp on um, commentary is the best. The other <laughs> yes. night when, uh, after the Arizona game, when John was like, are you going to wear the tie, uh, the skinny tie uh, to Tripp? Uh, Tripp avoids the question, are you going to wear it? Continues to avoid the question, yes or no? <laughs> yes, I'll wear it. <laughs> that, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got a, and then Peter got a shutout, and it was all all because of the tie. That's right. Yeah, Peter got, <laughs> and James got one too. So great weekend yeah. all around for the Canes. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to add, Walker, before we head on out of here? Uh, thank you to Mr. Mentor for coming out and joining us. I'm very excited. We were very excited to have him today. Oh yeah, we're extremely excited. We've been texting back and forth about that for a while. <laughs> I feel like I've been fangirling. I know. <laughs> uh, but yes, there's something again. below a z-level celebrity it's me <laughs> <laughs> no you're the highest tier of celebrity yes like on like on twitter you are wade the snack mentor <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, was so funny. That, that got weird uh, oh yeah that was, that was so funny and then when that person like sent you the puck with that on the yeah, thing on the uh, address that was hilarious Oh, yeah, Paul Sura, the PA guy for the Arizona Coyotes. He and I are good friends online, and uh, and he had to take take a chance to chirp me a little bit on the <laughs> on the mailing envelope. So that was fun. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, but again, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show and being a part of our first Whalers Weekend. Uh, we'd love to have you back on sometime soon. Yes.
Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. And with that, we will say goodbye. See you guys. Uh, stay foxy and toss a coin to your witcher. <laughs> Bye, guys. Oh, is it going to turn off?